Welcome to the Boom and Gloom podcast, a podcast for long-suffering Blue Jackets fans. I'm Anthony, also known as Whaler Jacket on most social media platforms, and I am Ohio's longest-suffering Blue Jackets fan. Now, I say that every episode, not because I'm bragging, obviously, but uh, I think I have a unique perspective among Jackets fans. A lot of uh, Jackets fans will say that they've been suffering for 23 years. Well, I have been suffering a lot longer than that. I grew up as a Whalers fan in Connecticut, and uh, I never saw my team get past the first round of the playoffs. And then, as you probably know, my, my heart was ripped out, and they were moved to Carolina. So I've been suffering for about 37 years, and I don't think anyone out there can top the heartache and suffering I've gone through as a diehard hockey fan. Speaking of suffering, let's let's get right into this. Um, first, first, um, I was, I was going to talk about Boone's injury, but but first, I have to brag about something here. I tweeted something the other day, and I was just so darn proud of the analogy I came up with. So I got to talk about it here a little bit. All right, obviously, there's been a lot of talk lately about whether Yarmo needs to stay or go. Well, just to refresh your memory, I am firmly in the fire Yarmo boat. I think a new direction is needed, a new vision. By keeping Yarmo around prior to the trade deadline, when the deadline approaches, moves are going to be made based on Yarmo's vision. And I don't trust that vision anymore. He's had his chance. Now, I think someone new needs to come in with a with a new vision and make moves from now until the, until the trade deadline that reflects his or her vision. So anyway, there's been all this talk about Yarmo and the, the negatives as, as well as the positives he has brought to the Blue Jackets uh, during his time here. And one thing people have said is that Yarmo wins his trades. He's had very few bad trades, and we all know there's been a few sneakers in there, but but for the most part, he wins his trades. But here's my thought. You can win a trade, but not make the right trades. And that's where my analogy came in. I said something like, Yarmo winning a trade is like me trading someone Dollar General Coffee for Starbucks Coffee. Sure, I won the trade. I get the Starbucks cup, uh, the Starbucks Coffee. Starbucks Coffee is better. It has more value than Dollar General Coffee. But you know what? I don't like coffee. I don't drink coffee. So yes, I won the trade. I got the better coffee. But it doesn't end up benefiting me in any way. I now have really good coffee that doesn't fit into what makes my mornings or my breakfasts successful or or good. 
that's what the majority of Yarmo's trades have been like. He may have won the trades. He may have gotten the better player or the, the better draft value. But what good does that do? What good do those trades do if they have never wound up contributing to the long-term success of this franchise? In the 10 years that Yarmo has been the GM, the Jackets have won one playoff series. So did he really win those trades if it hasn't resulted in the team achieving anything significant? I don't think so. We got the better coffee, but that doesn't do any good for what the team's ultimate goal is, which is success, obviously. So, all right. So now I'll move on here and talk about Boone's injury. That's the the gloomy news of the day. Boone Jenner, our captain, top goal scorer, top face-off guy, uh, our leader, our top center, and uh, one of, if not the top energy guys on our team, is out with a broken jaw. I think uh, I think it was six weeks that they said he'd be out. <sighs> this this is a huge hit right there. Huge hit to a team that has already struggled mightily this year, and in my opinion, has performed well below expectations. Boone is one of the few players I can say who has performed above my expectations. So it, it sucks. It sucks that this has happened. Um, I, I'm not upset at all with Provorov, by the way. I know, um, I, I, don't, I don't think he should be considered at, at fault at all, but I know some people were, were ripping him on Twitter. But it was an accident. It's, it's part of the game. And it sucks. It, it really, really sucks. But I, I'm going to do something now that I don't always do as a renowned pessimist. I'm going to find some positives here. Whether you want to whether you want to believe it or not, the season is not about winning anymore. It's not about winning as many games as possible and making the playoffs. That's it. We're done with that. Right now, it's about developing, about uh, letting the kids grow and seeing what you have in your system and on your team to to make decisions for next season and the seasons after that. So Boone's injury has opened up a door, a, a huge door for some of our younger younger players. It, it's a silver lining. Is Fantilli now the number one center on this team? I certainly think so. So going forward, who are our centers. So we got we got Fantilli, Sillinger, assuming he's going to be back very soon in the very near future from his injury. Voronkov and Corrali. Those those are the four that I would go with. Fantilli, Sillinger, Voronkov and Corrali. I know that some of you out there are going to say that we should put Johnson at center and give him a shot. And I have to say, I'm, I'm really on the fence about that. If you asked me last week, I probably would have told you that based on his performance in the AHL at center, that the Jackets should be trying Johnson at center at the NHL level and see what he can do. I mean, they, they drafted him as a center, right? Well, the lost season, 
might as well put him there. Give him a shot. But these last few games may have changed my mind on this. Why? Well, I have to say I've been very impressed with what I've seen from Johnson with Fantilli on his line. I like the chemistry. I like the creativity I'm seeing. And of course, I like the production. Their line has had, I think they had four points in the last two games. Pretty sure. Pretty sure it's four points in the last two games. On a team where offensive production is slow to a crawl with the underperforming start that Line A and Goudreau has, up until recently, I know, side note, Goudreau has been playing better. I get that. He has. But offense is still needed. And do we really want to separate Johnson and Fantilli yet? Is there success a flash in the pan? Or is it developing chemistry that could possibly one day turn into an offensive juggernaut in the next couple of seasons? I don't know. That's a tough call. On one hand, I want to see those two continue to play together, continue to develop that chemistry, continue putting up uh, some numbers and gaining confidence. But on the other hand, I do want to see what Johnson can do as an NHL center. So if the season is truly lost, like I said earlier, and is now really only about developing young players, then maybe it doesn't matter whether we keep the two together. Maybe it matters more to see if KJ can be that NHL center. In which case, he'd have to be off Fantilli's line, unless you want to make Fantilli a wing, and we don't want to do that. Now, if I had to choose, though, okay, gun to my head, had to choose, I would say keep Fantilli and Johnson together, at least for now. I say go with our centers as, uh, let's see, Fantilli, Voronkov, Sillinger, Corrali. I think this is a huge opportunity for Sillinger now. It's a huge chance for him to try and regain some of that offensive success he had during his rookie year. He plays a physical game. Right? The, the type of game that we're going to be missing now that Boone is out. So Silly can replace some of that physicality and some of that energy and that net front presence that, that Boone brings. And speaking of that, I think it, this is uh, where I also have to say that Voronkov will have to set, uh, just step up a little bit more. Now, I, granted, he has already stepped up a ton. But now with Boone out, he may be counted on more to be that guy, like the guy to park himself in front of the goal and screen the goaltender and look for those tips and rebounds. Another positive to all this is that I think it forces the Jackets coaching staff and the front office to really assess their center situation. Boone was never supposed to be our first line center. He kind of fell into that role due to a lack of other viable options. So now they're focused on what they have. They're forced to use legit centers. They have the four that I that I keep listing. Fantilli, Vronkov, Sillinger, Corrali. But then you also have Johnson. You'll have Roslovic back in a few weeks. And you also have Danforth and Texier. They've all played center at some point in their careers. At least I think so. But one thing for sure. Do not put line A back at center. Do not. 
He is not a center. He will never be a center. He is a wing. That's where he has excelled and is comfortable. Keep him at wing. For the love of all things hockey, keep him at wing. Man, but yeah, interesting stuff with all this, with with Boone being out. One more quick thought uh, regarding this whole situation, all these injuries, sicknesses. I love seeing Blankenberg back. I love the guy. I love the energy and the heart he brings to the lineup, and I really hope he stays. Wierenski, Severson, Provorov, Juracek, Goodbranson, and Blankenberg. That would be my starting lineup when everyone is healthy. Or even if he stays as the seventh defenseman, I'd be cool with that too. But don't send the guy back to the AHL. He needs to be back. He needs to stay up here. All right, last thing I want to talk about here. I have a little did you know. I'm going to end this episode with a did you know. So there's there's a stat regarding the Columbus Blue Jackets that to this day just completely surprises me. I brought it up on Twitter a few times over the years because it just shocks me. In 23 years of existence, the Blue Jackets have had a player finish in the top 10 in league scoring exactly one time. It was the 2014-2015 season, and we had a player finish tied for 10th in league scoring. So one thing that surprises me is that in 23 years, the Jackets have only managed to have one player do this. Just one. But the other surprising thing to me is that it wasn't Rick Nash or Artemi Panarin or even Cam Atkinson. No. It was Nick Foligno. Yeah, Nick Foligno. He tied for 10th in the league scoring in 2014-2015. And that just astounds me. In over two decades, almost a quarter of a century, the Jackets have never had that guy. That guy that finishes in the top 10 in the league for scoring. Now, I'll have to do some research, and I I think the only other team that can say the same, that they've only had uh, one top 10 scorer or even less, I don't even know if they had one, is the Montreal Canadiens. So in, in that 23 years that the Blue Jackets have existed, the Jackets and the Canadians have never had a scorer in the top nine in the league. So we're in pretty rare company. Not only does our favorite team usually suck, but it also can't can't manage in 23 years to have one all-star caliber caliber player finish in the top nine in league scoring. Thought it it might be Gaudreau. I think he's finished in the top five in his career at one point, I think. We've all seen what has happened to him since he's arrived the year two now, and do not think he's going to finish in the top 10 in scoring this year. I think I touched on this in another episode, but I, I call this getting whalerized because the whalers had a knack for bringing in big name players and then having them not even come close to their production level uh, that they had on their previous team. There was a guy named John Cullen that comes to mind. He came over to Hartford in the infamous Ron Francis trade. But now I'm getting off topic. So, uh, did you know that the Jackets never had a player finish in the top nine in the league scoring race? 
Nick Foligno tied for 10th once, but that was it. I just find that so odd. You would think by, by pure luck or happenstance that the Jackets would have somebody in that time frame of 23 years be a top 10 scorer. But nope, they haven't. The lack of success of this team is baffling in many ways, and this is just more evidence of that. But I do think there's hope now. I really think Adam Fantilli may be that guy. He may finally be that stud, that superstar scoring player the Jackets have never had. We can only hope. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off on this one. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening. Hit me up on Twitter with any questions or suggestions or, or send me an email. Uh, any questions or suggestions about the podcast, like how I'm running this thing, or if you have topics that you'd like to hear me discuss, you can find me on all the social media places. Again, just look for the username Whaler Jacket, or shoot me an email. Uh, my email address is whalerjacket at gmail.com. Bye for now. <laughs>